0: Welcome to episode number 127 of Stand Under the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, a podcast about video games. I'm your host, Cole Ross, and I am joined in the uh, dungeon here by Andrew Klinger. Thanks so much for coming out, Andrew, the normal crew. Um, they all grew up this week. Uh, my sincerest congratulations to Dennis, who got married this past weekend, and a congratulations from everybody on the DuckFeed.tv network. The ceremony was beautiful. I was glad to be able to be a part of it, and I hope you are enjoying yourself in Mexico. On your honeymoon with your lovely wife. Uh, the others, Ben and David, both started new jobs, so that's all cool. And uh, I thank you, Andrew, for coming and uh, filling in here, so we can get something out. Um, and I also thank you for bringing the uh, delicious beer. Uh, Absolutely, uh, thanks you, for having
1: me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that you made yourself. Um, we, it's been a while since we've done like a, what you've been drinking, but can you tell us a little bit about what we're uh, what we're having right now?
1: Absolutely, it's a homebrewed imperial IPA. Uh, it's called troll face. I named it because the first sip of it I took, I could not help but, uh, have the little grin in the uh, image macro from the internet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's this internet? I'm sorry uh oh yeah oh <laughs> uh, it's it's actually a series of tubes it's on the it's on computers now i understand yes cool so <laughs> yeah that's where the book face is and the uh the twitter yeah yeah yeah, yeah the, the 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 my friends <laughs> um so what we have in store for you uh today we have some quick hits uh, some news it's uh, still august or not still august god time keeps on slipping and slipping no uh Into slip the future down. yeah <laughs> still haven't reached the, uh, the the holiday blitz so right now we're looking at uh, some smaller news stories, we have a new uh, attachment for the 3DS, which I think we're going to have some fun with. Also, uh, big mistakes with some online pass hijinks uh, due to Ubisoft uh, not doing a lot of quality control, and uh, a Capcom series got rated for another HD remake. So those, that's the quick hits. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing recently. And then uh, we're going to round it out probably with a wild card segment. Not quite sure just yet. So stick around. We're going to take a quick little uh, musical break. We'll be back on the other side with the Quick Hits. Now it is time for the Quick Hits, the news portion of our program where we talk about things that are happening in the world of video games with a, with a certain measure of expediency not the travel website we hear a little coin noise and then now ubisoft's driver san francisco is the latest in a long line of games that requires a special pass to play online this is an initiative that was headed up by electronic arts and then recently mimicked with the uh, mortal Kombat. Um, remake, reboot, whatever it is, Mortal Kombat 2011. There we go. Now, normally these codes are placed inside new copies of the game in order to incentivize new sales, but Ubisoft done messed up. North American Xbox 360 copies of Driver did not contain the Uplay Passport due to printing and packaging errors. Ubisoft was quick to correct the problem, making the two-day trial for the Passport permanent, and dropping the price of the Passport to free until the printing issue was sorted out. Whoops. Going to put four minutes on the clock here. might be too much, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) Andrew, what do you think? Uh, Well, I mean, stuff like this happens all the time, it seems, with uh, games. Usually not a big big mistake that's going to cost them a lot of money, but uh, the online pass stuff, eh, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, it, yeah, it incentivizes buying new, but at the same time, it kind of hoses people that want to wait and see how the game is. Um, I don't know, it still ends up being cheaper to buy pre-owned, I guess, but...
0: I think that what what kind of alarms me about this is that it is a move away from kind of like the permanence of games, yeah. which is, you, you know, it used to be like, I've got a bunch of, you know, SNES and Genesis games back up there. It's going to be old man Ross talking. I could go, <laughs> I could, I could fish any of them out of the, out of the uh, shelf up there and then put it into the box and it would be the same experience now as it was back then when i first played it uh disregarding the fact that high definition tvs don't play those games very well or display them very well and with the kind of like rise towards uh this online impermanence just Mm -hmm. kind of like you need to buy this at a certain time and in a certain way in order to get the optimal experience that the uh that the um designers wanted
1: well and especially with ea they don't keep their servers online all the time so if you're buying a pre used game and you're buying the online pass, six months down the road, servers could be down for it. They aren't going to reimburse you for it. They don't care.
0: And it's like the separation of like the P and L, right? Of the of the profit and loss. Yeah. These are two separate products. The game, the like the single player and, and the um and the multiplayer. They're two different products that you know you you, you are paying for mm-hmm. in one way or another. Yeah. Right. But I mean, as far as like how they handled this, do you think that they handled it pretty well? Uh, I mean, and and just kind of like saying, okay, you know what, all bets are off, I assume until they fix the the, the printing press. And I say, okay, all these old copies, the ones that were out in the wild, those are gone. Now, when we issue the second run, we'll be fine. And we'll... Flip that switch.
1: Well, they're either going to have to do a recall on it or they're going to have to keep it free permanently. Uh, If you look at what they did with Fable 2 with Microsoft, they ended up just giving away all that content to everybody who purchased the game just because they didn't want to go through the hassle and the cost of sending all of those back and destroying them.
0: Exactly. What was the Fable 2? Uh, uh, pr- was that the, uh, the Platinum Hits where they put it out? or
1: No, it was with the original run, the limited edition of Fable 2, they forgot to put in the download codes in half of the copies of the game. So some people had downloads, some people didn't. And let's not forget that they took away half of the things that were supposed to be included in the darn thing to begin with, like the little <laughs> figurine that they referenced multiple times in their making of DVD. Yeah. The, the making of dvd that they did ship with. yep yeah yep. They, they told you to send in pictures of you with your little figurine and then they didn't include the damn thing in the package
0: <laughs> i would have just printed out a screenshot from the video and cut out the
1: figurine yeah. and then put that there <laughs> hey do i win the prize
0: you know <laughs> exactly.
1: yeah, peter molyneux will come and punch you in the face I- All right, Devil May Cry 1, 2, and 3 rated. Uh, Information on the ESRB website indicates that Devil May Cry 1, 2, and 3 have been rated M for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Logic would indicate that this means an HD collection of the classic action games is in the works. This corresponds nicely with the Resident Evil HD re-releases and the upcoming DMC reboot being developed by Ninja Theory. Uh, ESRB rates Devil May Cry 1, 2, and 3 for Xbox, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation 2
0: gonna put three minutes on the clock here were you a big uh, devil my cry fan
1: i dabbled but never got too crazy into it
0: i played the first one up until i got to the magma spider
1: oh my god yes Um, and uh, (laughs) i promptly put it down i still
0: own it i could probably go back and play it but uh, i just i lost all will to continue
1: i have a really bad (laughs) habit of buying games when people tell me they're awesome and then never getting around to playing them I have a pretty embarrassing... It's not a pile of shame. It is now a bookshelf of shame.
0: (laughs) I know people who have rooms of shame.
1: Yeah, that's what it's become. It's two bookcases in a room. (laughs) Nice.
0: Yeah. That's a... Man. I I, I don't know. I played a little bit of one and I played a little bit of four. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It seems like... I, I, do you think that like these HD remakes are kind of the publisher's way of monetizing the fact that none of their stuff is backward compatible really anymore?
1: Yeah, I think that's their excuse for doing it. I would really like them to be able to be backwards compatible, but I don't think that's an option at this point. I'm just glad they're not charging full retail for them. I mean, 40 bucks for three and four games in a pack, that's not too bad. I'm really excited for the Metal Gear collection. <sighs> Well, especially because they're actually updating them. It's not just a straight port. They're going through changing the textures and everything. And in most cases, they're bringing them up to 60 frames per second. So they look a lot better in the Ico Shadow of the Colossus collection. The slowdown problems are gone in Shadow of the Colossus. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) The, The 60 frames things bothers me, though. I, I'm right there with you. I think it's, I think it's a load of malarkey. I
0: I think it is just, just because you can do 60 frames and that's like a nice round number. Yeah. And like for so long, that was the, that was the, uh, the, the, the target that you aimed for. Mm Mm-hmm. I would rather they just hard lock it at 24 and be done
1: with it. Well, yeah, there's no reason to make it 60 because most people can't see above what is it? 30 frames per is is 24? Is it 30? I know it's somewhere in that ballpark. For
0: animation, it, it's uh it, they they established that 20 frames per second is the best where like no information is lost between the two of them. Yeah, so, like 15 or 20. That was Walt Disney. Yeah, who determined that? Um, and you know, whenever I see something that's at 60 frames per second, um, I immediately think soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> because all soap operas are shot at thirty frames per second because it's interlaced. It seems like cheap to me. Yeah. Whereas like I feel I feel like the some of the more enlightened publishers and developers like uh, like Bioware, Bioware mm-hmm. hardlocked um Mass Effect Two and yeah. it, I believe Mass Effect One at twenty four frames per second because they're saying like, listen, we're doing a cinematic uh, presentation here and we want it yeah. to be as cinematic as possible, and twenty four frames per second is the cinema frame rate and so i think that that makes sense you, you know you I, I would like to hear somebody argue against uh metal gear solid being intended to be cinematic i would like to hear oh, yeah. uh, somebody argue <laughs> against eco and shadow of the claw shadow of the as being cinematic
1: <laughs> yeah I, I, that would be a losing battle
0: yeah exactly <laughs> Devil McCry cry maybe maybe not I, I i would need to see what they're doing yeah but i don't i, I don't i don't know i know that's our thing. I know that Dennis is going to be really excited about this because on the last episode he was talking about replaying through Devil May yeah. Cry 3. Maybe he'll just um, want to wait. <laughs> one, one final note. How do you feel about the uh, the Resident Evil uh, HD remakes that are happening?
1: I'm excited. I'm probably going to pass on them, though, because I've bought every single release up to this point, so I own four and five copies of each of those games. Yeah.
0: I, I feel like I'm the only person who's more looking forward to Code Veronica than Resident Evil 4 and the HD Yeah. Because I I think that that's a better game. It's got a lot less love than 4, that's for sure. No, right? Everybody loves 4. I want to be hip and like the the bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) Famitsu has reported that the 3DS version of Monster Hunter Tri-G will ship alongside a special attachment, which will add a second analog stick to the right side of the system. This was done as a concession to Monster Hunter fans who strongly prefer the functionality of a PS2 or PS3 style controller. Um, I'm going to put uh, four minutes on the clock because you, Andrew, just said you had a lot to say about this. So (laughs) response.
1: Uh, well, I'm glad they're not doing a remodel this early in the life of the 3DS, although it still wouldn't surprise me if they came out with a 3DS Lite or something ridiculous like that. Um, they say it's only going to be like 10 or $15, so if it's cheap, that's good. But as with most peripherals, especially on handhelds, I don't think it's going to get a lot of use. This will probably end up being one of a handful of games that will utilize it.
0: It's it's for that one game, maybe, maybe the other two. But the problem with that kind of stuff is it splits the base. Yes. Right. Yeah. And uh, that was the problem for the Xbox 360 at the start, mm-hmm. right? You had either no storage or too much storage yeah. at the time. And uh, you couldn't install games to it. It couldn't streamline. It couldn't be used the way that it wanted to. So breaking the base is a really big problem for this. Yeah. The, the, the DS Lite. Okay. So the DS the original DS came out in fall of 2004. Correct. And the DS Lite came out in June of 2006. Mm-hmm. So that was you know about one and a half years, of... <laughs> which is
1: one of the longest breaks they've had between redesigns. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: I, I put out a toot like this in response to uh, to James Milky um, of uh, of Q Games now, formerly of One Up. He was talking about yeah. like, oh, Nintendo isn't really making it easy for me to buy a th- you know 3ds when they're teasing for the redesign or yeah. whatever kind of conference they're having mm-hmm. on September the 13th. And it's just kind of like. It, I feel weird. I would f- I would feel kind of dumb buying the first the 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 the, the, the 3DS as it is right now. I yeah. I'm not saying that anybody who has a 3DS right now is dumb, but I'm saying that for myself it was like I waited and that paid off. I still have my 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 DS Lite. And yeah. I think that that is possibly the best iteration of that system. Nintendo, they they make great hardware, but they always make that hardware greater on the second go around yeah so do you do is it your suspicion that they will be putting out a redesign
1: it wouldn't surprise me if they did now with i mean especially since they've added they've made this add-on for monster hunter if they do have plans for making more games in the future with it yeah but it's still gonna screw the initial users like myself who bought it, especially before the price drop.
0: But you, but you have Zelda too.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I only bothered downloading like four of those games. The yeah. others I didn't care about at all. Exactly.
0: <laughs> do you, do you, would, would they hard bake the second analog stick into the the system? I don't think they would.
1: That's the thing. I I don't know how they would be able to. So yeah, just
0: from, just from a game standpoint or something. Yeah, that that was the that was one of the biggest hardware mistakes they made. Not a second analog stick mm-hmm. and that damn resistive touchscreen yes that that, that the, those are the two things and i know that they did that so that they could
1: stay compatible with ds games
0: yeah i don't i don't really care ds games look kind of like butt on it anyway right
1: uh, yeah yeah it's the resolution change really screws up ds games i I mean, I kept my DS Lite for that very reason, which, well, not for that reason. I have a Zelda DS Lite, and I can't get rid of it.
0: Oh, you can't get rid of it. Also, do you have Game Boy Advance games that
1: you have have to play on? I have a lot of Game Boy Advance games, but... I still also have Game Boy and Game Boy Color games, so I still have my Game Boy Advance SP as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the
0: Game Boy Advance SP. I would really like to see them make a piece of hardware that was up to GBASP levels of quality.
1: Yes, I really sincerely would. Yeah, I, that that and DS Lite are probably my two favorite handhelds that they've released. Yeah,
0: but this th- this thing looks like an abomination. I'm
1: it gonna, does. I'm gonna say. It looks like a Game Gear almost. Like it's it's just. <laughs> The fact that they just kinda of tack it onto the side, I mean what the hell are they thinking? They are just tacking it onto the side. It is
0: a whole big unit that is bigger than the three DS itself yep. that it rests inside of. Yeah. And I imagine that, you know, that like a lot of that bulk is to give it a good grip and to make sure that it stays on there. But this does not look like a portable. Like it looks portable really thing.
1: chintzy. I mean, it looks like it's it's like the cheap little accessories that you can buy at, at stores during Christmas in bundle packs. Like it just it doesn't look like something <laughs> licensed by Nintendo at all it oh god it it just looks terrible I think you said it best it's an abomination it looks like something you get for your kids leapfrog yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) very un-nintendo like I I just I would rather Nintendo just be the apple of the games world I I would just that that is like where they have the best like niche to be that's what they should be striving for yeah and it just it saddens me to see them fall flat on their face most times
1: well especially with the 3ds launch it's been rocky to begin with oh well So, Andrew, what have you been playing? Well, I am a notorious and hopelessly addicted Final Fantasy XI player. Okay. Most of my time has been taken up by that. <laughs> I, It's—I love it, and I hate it. It is the best and the worst thing that's ever happened to me. That game is—did is,
0: is, uh, it have its 10th anniversary this year,
1: or— Next year will be Next the 10th year. anniversary. Yeah, okay. it came out in 2002 in Japan. Oh, three in America. Okay, because, <laughs> because they put it
0: out. How many systems have you owned Final Fantasy XI for?
1: Well, I'm a ridiculous fanboy for pretty much everything. Um, As I said with Resident Evil earlier, I've bought every release. I've done the same thing with Final Fantasy XI. I have it on PS2. I've got it on computer. I have it on Xbox 360. And I still have my backwards compatible PS3 with the game installed on it. I've never played it on PS2 or (laughs) PS3, but I still have it for all of the platforms. (laughs) Okay.
0: But you have a hard drive for your PlayStation 2, so that's good.
1: Eh, I traded that one in a while ago. Now oh. it's my PlayStation Three that I use it. for. Well, that I that I would. It's my backup of a backup of a backup of a backup. If my computer and my backup computer, and my wife's computer, and my Xbox died, <laughs> then I would go to my PS3 to play it.
0: I just, I just, I, li- <laughs> I like the idea that like there's the the camera is zooming out from yeah, from, from, yeah. from from your PC <laughs> to like show this massive like data center of like double redundant Final Fantasy XI yeah. backup systems.
1: <laughs> I don't think I would ever make it that far because I'd probably would just say, "All right, I'm not going to play it for a few weeks till my computer gets fixed." But uh-huh. That's my excuse for having all of them, right? Right. <laughs> as as opposed to the other answer, which is hoarding. I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's that's probably a cl- more correct answer. <laughs> I've also been dabbling a little bit with Minecraft and uh, just really scoping out stuff for holiday. I, okay. I've I've been more researching what I'm going to be spending way too much money on this holiday. All of the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all of it and then some i'm gonna have to work the street corner to pay for my elder scroll skyrim collector's edition Oh yeah, 150 bucks yeah i just want to shove that statue in my pants (laughs) let's walk around with it yeah yeah yes it is a dragon in my pants (laughs) and i'm happy to
0: see you both why can't it be both you know it's just we can we can be civilized here (laughs) so 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 given that itinerary of what you're playing let's 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 go let's go down through it sure so final fantasy 11 why have you stuck with it for so long
1: A habit, I think, is probably the biggest reason. I treat it more like a chat room, too, than a game. It's just, it's become so ingrained in my daily routine that I I can't break it. I mean, I've taken taken breaks from the game before, but it's nothing I've ever stuck with. Um, It just seems to be more convenient for me to just log in and play that game for a few hours than to go spend $60 on something else that I might hate. Um, which that's even a bad excuse too, because I'll still go out and buy new games, and then they just get put on my bookshelf of shame. Yeah, and then I never play them. The
0: the, the yacht of shame.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it'll quickly become that.
0: Yeah. No, no. I understand that you 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 have a scratching post that you go back to. Yeah, right? pretty much. That, that that's that's what that is. You know, I, th- I I would think that if everybody looked into their heart of hearts, they would find that one game that they probably spend too much time on. I mean, I'm going. I'm going into that with what I've been playing for the past like month or so with with, with Final, Final Fantasy 12, 12. <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll and we'll we'll get back to that. Yeah. but I mean, any of the Final Fantasies, I'll fall into a hole with that. Yeah. For 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 a long time, and I don't even think that it's because of like oh I'm really I really like the lore or whatever. they' just they're, there's there's a certain set of tropes that are really good about the Final Fantasy series that I just I, I'm comfortable with that I can yeah. just you know get in and grind and then zone out for a little bit and listen to a podcast or two.
1: Absolutely. Right. And that's become the game that has taken the place of that. It used to be that I would go back and play Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI, and yeah. now that Eleven's around, I can still interact with people, mm-hmm. and I still get my Final Fantasy fix.
0: Yeah. Did uh, have you played any other MMOs? I mean, has that been your staple the whole way through, or have you uh, have I've,
1: you dallied? I've dabbled a little bit, but Eleven was my first MMO back in two thousand three, and. Mm-hmm. I tried EverQuest 2, I've tried WoW. My friends have tried to get me to. I, I think I did Lineage at one point. I just, <laughs> nah. I don't. I, I never. I don't have enough time to invest in Final Fantasy eleven, let alone trying to split my duties between two. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try the uh, Bloodless Conception that was Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> <laughs> sounds vaguely biblical geez yeah <laughs> well the, the game is uh is an atrocity of a biblical level so yeah. okay <laughs> it's just that bad and it's yeah. been out for a year and it is still nigh unplayable but at least they have like they, they haven't charged anybody to play it yeah <laughs> well i need yeah. to get a refund for the 85 dollars i spent for the collector's edition <laughs> <laughs> i don't care about the monthly fees i'm saving that's funny <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, it's it's funny, but it's sad because that's like you you look at the canon. That is a numbered entry in the Final Fantasy series, and absolutely you know, from the from the historical standpoint, I don't know how much that matters. Uh, you, you, you know, we're just now sorting out the the you know the four six three yeah. two. Thing, but you know you, you go back and you look at it and you have you have 11 and you have 14 mm-hmm. and they're both these outliers that again going back to the archival purposes you yes know, 20 years down the line you, you won't be able to sit down and enjoy that like you enjoy you know four and six which
1: is really unfortunate because they both have great lore and amazing storylines mm-hmm. but it, with with all the internet stuff now it isn't going to be around in a decade or two.
0: That and that's the problem that I've been having with uh, with EverQuest because I spent a lot of quality time in EverQuest, yeah. and it's like I really wish that there was like somebody taking notes on this because I I can't go back to it. Yeah, you know. Um, do both of those games take place in East?
1: No. Okay. Neither of them do.
0: I thought Eleven took place
1: in East. No, it takes place in Vana'diel.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, huh, that's weird. But they have
1: Viera and Mo- Moogles. Viera are not in Eleven or Fourteen. Nope. Okay. Uh, There are Mithra. They're cat girls. Okay. Instead of bunny girls. (laughs) Definitely. The races in 11 and 14 are very similar. They just have different names, which I thought was a really stupid cop out. They they purposely designed the characters in 14 to look as much like the characters from 11 as possible so people could easily transition from 11 into 14. But they changed the names and characteristics of them but kept their physical appearance the same, which. It seems like understand. a bit of a cop-out, yeah. Well, and then going into fourteen even further, they completely changed the battle system and the oh. gameplay. Whoops, the gameplay in it was completely broken, and it's just it's so bad. I want to love the game because mm-hmm. it's so beautiful, and the, the backstories and the characters and everything about it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's just the game is fundamentally broken, and they've been spending a year trying to fix it, and they still haven't done it. Is there anything
0: that they could do? To make you like say, okay, I'm happy to give you my money.
1: <laughs> at this point, probably not. <laughs> okay,
0: I'm just I'm just curious because because uh, so many people have a blood feud against it. I have never yeah. played it, so I can't so I can't tell you. But like if if you know somebody at Square Enix, if they flip the switch from suck to great. <laughs> you know would like would you you know be like uh, well, yeah, her.
1: well that was my yeah. initial plan anyways was that I was going to attempt to play it mm-hmm. but and 11 at the same time but thankfully 14's been terrible so it's not been a hard decision to skip it oh, okay
0: um. So Minecraft. Yes. Um. It's been a while since I've touched it. I've been um. Like I guess it's been out. I've had it for about a year now. And like the the fall weather has really kind of like reawakened that Minecraft yeah. urge in me. So uh, like, well, what what have you been doing as of recent? Well, first of all, you're the bastard that got me into
1: it by talking about <laughs> it all the time on this show. Yeah,
0: there we go. Okay.
1: <laughs> um. I I have a multiplayer server that I've just been playing around with with friends on. Um my massive projects that I, that I did over the summer. I built a, a complete scale replica of Figaro castle from final, F- I'm not Figaro. I wanted to do Figaro. Somebody else already had done it. So I did castle Doma from final fantasy six. Okay. And, uh, I finished up with that and was like, still had a little itch to create something. Uh, So I then went and made the blackjack from Final Fantasy VI as well, just docked right next to it. I still haven't finished it because I'll be damned if I can make wool fast enough to actually complete the dirigible part of the airship. (laughs) And I refuse to use inventory editors and things, so my fingers get tired after left-clicking, right-clicking repeatedly to make stacks of black wool. Yeah, it's pretty much the worst thing ever <laughs> so then i started building a city with some of my friends and we have mm-hmm. a huge uh substation that we've built and we're, we're working on making a giant loop that'll go around from my city to then our other two friends mm-hmm. um to then be able to travel back and forth between them quickly kind of turning it into sim city almost
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think that I, I've, I've walked around on your server back back in the early days but yeah. I, like that was right around the time that i started like, that i stopped playing a lot like ever since then like when they've put out new updates i've i've like i've jumped in and and checked what's new but i think that i'm kind of waiting until they until they have uh, a big release they're they're doing 1.8
1: yeah adventure mode right
0: is that gonna be multiplayer supported do you know
1: i don't know i hope it is it would be. It, I'm sure it will be ultimately, but whether it's not with 1.8, I'm not sure. Yeah,
0: there, there's there there's a lot of. I've been reading Notch's blog. There's a lot of features in 1.8 that that are, that are just not going to be supported. It's just kind of like you you, you can get experience. Yeah. But it's not going to do anything
1: until 1.9. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that'll all save. <laughs>
0: yeah. No joke. Well, that that's one of those things where I felt I haven't felt um, confident rebuilding a world or making a world because. Yeah. Like, with the one big update where they put out Lapis Lazuli. Yes. Um, the, the the new... With the dyes. Yes. Right? Well, if you've already, like, generated a world and explored it... It won't that, create any of it. That, that will not be yeah. there. So you have to go to an entirely different place. So I was like, well, I really like, like, what I've made. Like, my... You know, I, I hollowed out a mountain. and made it into a castle. And I had a pyramid. So yeah. I really like this stuff. But there's a lot of stuff at the edge. Actually, I... That forced me to go and get a world editor off of the internet. And basically trim off all of the chunks around the stuff that like, okay, yeah, to this look, then, you know, repopulate so I can get this new block. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know if I want to invest myself into making this, you know, awesome thing. If he's going to add like, oh, and now you have a block that makes sexy ladies appear. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's like, well, damn it. Now I have to, you know, throw it all
1: out. Well, and I hate the biome system too, because I built my castle Doma in, the, in between snow and and normal biomes so half of the castles just covered in snow perpetually yeah. and the only way that i've been able to fix that is to go all the way to the top of the the build like building area i think it's what 64 blocks high mm-hmm. and just putting just a sheet of glass just straight over top of it so the snow falls just onto that
0: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah, it's so obnoxious
0: otherwise like can't you put up torches that'll melt the that'll melt the snow or? but then i'd have
1: to have a lot of torches <laughs> okay okay
0: <laughs> understood how did you do the planning for that i mean did you just uh, kind of go in and walk around and make like graph paper charts of it and everything or? i
1: took images from uh online and then just went into MS Paint and just drew lines across it and then just kind of guesstimated what it would look like although uh unfortunately for me the developers didn't have minecraft in mind when they designed the layout of those levels so the castle actually extends the interior extends well beyond the exterior wall okay. so i had to be creative with uh, how it actually looks how you compress this yeah space. to squeeze everything in there oh, yeah. and still make it look correct
0: is there any place where the listeners can go take a look at this do you have screenshots up or is this just your little secret for now
1: uh i don't have it published at all but i can throw it on the facebook page okay
0: That would be good. Yeah. (laughs) So you mentioned, um, doing research and playing things for the fall. Yes. Um, but we'll go about this delicately, but you have had access recently to, uh, to some games that are coming out. I mean, uh, have you, 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 have you had any, you know, firsthand experience with something that's really, really cool that you, that you feel is worth talking about?
1: I actually was really, really surprised with how amazing battlefield three is. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not really big into shooters normally. I pick up Call of Duty and kind of play it casually with my friends when it first releases, um but the uh it, I quickly get bored with shooters since i'm not good at them okay that was gonna be my question (laughs) because
0: i'm bad at them so i don't play them the only the only shooter that i really play is team fortress 2 and that barely qualifies because i just play as a medic and i run around and i heal people and it's fun because then they say the characters they say funny things (laughs) they they, press a button and they make a joke it's good
1: the only way to make it bearable for me is to drink copious amounts of alcohol and go online and yell at people yeah i pretty much turn into fps doug (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> boom headshot absolutely exactly i uh one of, one of the best uh um experiences i had with an
0: online shooter was uh back when rainbow six three three was a thing on the yeah. original xbox i was over at a buddy's house and i was like give me the headset you'll play and i'll be on the headset <laughs> and i took on this like uh like like jack handy type voice i was like yeah. hey how's it going <laughs> that was a good shot there i really respect that <laughs> and my thing was man i really respect that you're doing just a great job there and it was always like kind of like really kind of low, just kind of like Hey, you know, just, just you know, let's bring the energy level down, and like that made people so angry. <laughs> yeah, so
1: I wonder why. <laughs> let's explore that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so Battlefield Three. What impressed you about it?
1: it, it, it visually, it's phenomenal. All the trailers that I've seen, I, I was not convinced that it was actual gameplay, mm-hmm. but p- having it in your hands and actually manipulating it with a controller looks exactly like it does in all the videos. And that Mm -hmm. just blows my mind. One of the dumbest little things that I thought was so amazing was playing through one of the levels, and you've got a flashlight attachment on your gun when you're in underground or dark areas. And if you aren't careful with it, you can shine in your teammates' faces, and it blinds them temporarily. And it's just something that realistic and that small. I think that's what this whole generation has been about, has been about the little details and that game just the Frostbite 2 engine is phenomenal in incorporating all of those. I mean, lighting effects have been a big thing this generation and even last generation, but it's it's really come into its own now and that they can continue to expand and and make things even more realistic. I it's I think the one of the most realistic games I've ever seen or played. It's just an experience
0: the flashlight thing it's uh it's it's a uh, kind of this generation splinter cell flaps
1: yes i was about to mention that but didn't know we yeah. should go there <laughs> no it's
0: it's, it's, it's funny because we were talking about this earlier which which is back and uh, we have we've, re- we've referenced this in the podcast before back when the original splinter cell came out you're playing it and then there's a level where there's a freezer and there's yep. those, there's those plastic like industrial <laughs> flaps and you have to walk through them and you know it's such an unremarkable thing oh you know freezer flaps or whatever but they yeah. moved in such a convenient convincing way, yes it 's kind of like if you like isolate any given frame of a Pixar movie, like that fabric or that texture is always the most like seat belt-y looking seatbelt you 've ever seen, yeah you, you know <laughs> or the, the most you know the most oh that that 's what a stuffed bear would look like, just like that little attention detail doesn 't matter they could have just you know completely overlooked it and you know abstracted it or not even put it there, yeah, but you know i 'll be damned if that didn 't make me walk back and forth through those flaps for about 10 minutes and absolutely. i absolutely called people over like i was
1: like <laughs> i didn't go that far
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh so, so this is good and it seems like with these you know being impressed is either a matter of is it large scale or is it small scale and this kind of seems to be both because you know yeah. these are big maps and they're large changes that you can affect but there's mm-hmm. also also these really really tiny level um kind of kind of they paid attention to everything yeah kind of, kind of things
1: and that's not to discredit Modern Warfare Three either. I also enjoyed that, but it feels more of the same. It, it's they're going a different direction with it. You know, Battlefield wanted something new, bigger, better. Whereas Modern Warfare Three, they're kind of tweaking and adjusting, fine tuning their formula. They haven't strayed from it, which I guess has been Activision's thing for the past several years.
0: <laughs> iteration, iteration. Yeah, and we're not going to call it der- der- derivation. We're going to call it iter- iteration. Yep. Yeah. No, it's funny how that how those two games have made partisans of
1: people. Yeah,
0: you know, you you, you see it online, you you hear people talking about it, and uh, it's it's just weird the way that that is polarized. It's kind of like, hey, you can play both. You know, games aren't you know expensive in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, they cost a lot of money, but if you're a shooter fan, you know those are your two best things to get. So get them both and play them both. But no, no, it is a point of principle. Yeah, I it's ridiculous.
1: To, so. No, oh, well, you know, it's just fun to watch. It's just like arguing about different consoles online. Yeah. It doesn't matter.
0: It's ridiculous. I mean, why do you care? Do you, do you think that a multinational dollar corporation cares whether you live or die or whether or not you will defend them on the internet? Why do you, why do you do that? Says so the person yeah. who owns literally everything made by Apple. <laughs> continuing on. It's like me owning everything <laughs> Square Enix has put out. There we go. <laughs> um <laughs> what uh what else aside from the aside from the shooters have you been uh, have you been privy to
1: uh elder scroll skyrim looked pretty good too uh and rage actually was completely under my radar until bethesda showed that and uh, it's also really good it's uh borderlands meets mad max meets fallout i mean it's it's it looks really cool <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, are you a are you a Breaking Bad fan?
1: I haven't started watching it yet. Okay, I just got caught up on Mad Men, and then we're going to start that. So. Okay,
0: okay, should have done that the other way around.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll
0: allow it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they they featured Rage. Uh, they're I guess they're doing some That's kind of I heard. Like cross promotion kind of thing, and it and it wasn't tasteless. Usually, when they put a video game in a TV show, it's just the worst thing in the world. But they use it oh, to the effect. So, so, so yeah, I the, I feel like rage was kind of a victim of it's been in development for a very long time. Yes. And, a, and a lot of the things that it's done, they probably were the first like not the first ones to think to do it. But like in this generation, just kind of like, okay, we're going to implement this. But as as a as a negative side effect of their long development cycle, a lot of it kind of kind of seems cliche.
1: Yeah, and, which is
0: unfortunate. It's a problem because I mean it, it. It could be the best thing in the world, but if you are kind of tired of the post-apocalyptic brown wasteland <laughs> at this point, it's like, oh, mutants are going to come at me. Mm. Yeah, uh, there was a cataclysm. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, I'm not saying that to to to, to discount it, but it seems like they have a lot to to, to work counter towards.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So. Vehicles, a lot of vehicles in that game, right?
1: Yes, Sorry. they they showed some of the racing and aspects, and it looks like you can do gambling, maybe with it. I don't, I'm not quite sure. You can bet on your own races? I, I, I just, don't know. They, yeah. they, there was something more to it than just racing around blindly. I think there's yeah. different circuits you can enter into. I'm not, I, I wasn't quite sure about that. It, they didn't show a lot of that. Yeah,
0: see, it's, it's, it's weird. A shooter
1: and eraser. racer yeah I, I don't understand how that's coming together <laughs> all right there's and, so many other titles
0: man this is <laughs> every every year it kind of seems uh, when when you're in it it kind of seems like oh it's just the the, the it's a deluge yeah right and then a couple of years out you know a couple of years out i'm just kind of thinking like 2008 like what came out in 2008 but i'm sure that at this time then i was like i was looking at a list of what was coming out i was like what do i have reserved what do i have the money for yeah you know, x number of games because i can you know i can tell you like right now what i'm going to buy this yeah. holiday season batman silent Hill, yes. elder scrolls um <laughs> but that that it's it's just tough because you have to think you have to strategize like what's going to be readily available in kind of the lull yeah well the lull which won't arrive until next <laughs> summer but
1: <laughs> yeah since so many games get pushed into january february now you don't have the normal post christmas catch-up anymore yeah. All you have is August, where you're playing Final Fantasy XII. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it.
0: It's it's one of those things where I've been I've been reading a, a lot of, like, uh, Let's Plays of it, or at least one particular Let's Play that's been happening on the uh, on the Something Awful forums, and people are talking shit about it. What? Yeah, just kind of saying, oh, it's a single-player MMO, and et cetera, et cetera, a- a- and I can, I can understand that. Yeah you know for, for, from a certain standpoint but I, I think that a lot of the friction that the game has gotten over the past you know several years is because it is such a departure and yes, yes. it did have kind of a tortured uh, dev problem. oh my you god dev yes, cycle. it did not well, it, it make what's his name lose his mind like isn't he locked I, up in an asylum somewhere now
1: I can't remember the guy's name but he he went to uh, Japanese churches or I, I can't remember what they're called the, where you throw the money into the pond
0: like the Shinto shrines yes and he stuff, went to yeah. Shinto
1: shrines all around Japan and prayed for that game because he was so concerned that it wasn't going to release. And then he ultimately left about a year before the game released. Yeah. it's got a very storied development. Yeah, thankfully I'm, not as bad as Duke Nukem.
0: <laughs> exactly. But it just uh, it, there, there are lots of elements where it was clearly unfinished. And I kind yes. of, re- I kind of regret that there's no you know really easy way to get the international Zodiac Job System version. I've because, tried because I, because I've looked. You can get like English patches and. stuff. for it but i i kind of just want to play the game i don't want to have to worry about you know like pirating it and whatever i just want to play the game as it is so i'm playing it right now but you can see where there were you know this easy decisions that they could have made that would have made the the made it a lot better but uh I'm liking it, and I've talked about it a lot. I don't, you know, I, I kind of don't want to bring anything new to it, except to say that I, I just now kind of really got a grasp on the quickening system. Yeah, which is the limit breaks. I never really understood it until I got online. I looked up videos and all that. They don't do a very good job of explaining it.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think I ever got a good grasp of it either. <laughs> it's like I chained together as many things as I could to get pretty pretty explosions. <laughs> pretty explosions and little and little quips.
0: Balthier has the great ones. Like, oh, God, I love Please. Balthier.
1: Balthier in general, is a great
0: character. He is the leading man. <laughs> no, he's not. Nobody that you play is the leading man, really. No, Balthier is okay i'm putting my foot down he right keeps now on, he keeps on saying it so it must be true yes that's <laughs> why it is true well that's that's one of the things that people that people levy against the game and is that oh vaughn you know is it just a tag along kate he doesn't play they, they were like making fun of that in, initially in, in the run of the game it was originally Bosch who was supposed to be the main character yes. right and now he doesn't say anything
1: in the game he'll go yeah. like four cutscenes without saying a word i love the way that they did that though because it's <laughs> never been done in a game like, y- Yeah, it is kind of absurd that your main characters are ultimately completely forgettable and have nothing to do with the overall big picture, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of neat that they draw a parallel to your character is you essentially looking in on what's going on in this world
0: yeah and experiencing it and yes. it's, it's kind of cool because they make they they make Vaughn this naive little street kid who doesn't know a thing about the world yeah and he's the viewer's perspective because Evilise they, they've done a really good job of making it this intricate political system yes and uh I don't want to admit how much time I've spent um, reading the bestiary. Like, I will kill a new enemy, and I will go in, and I'll read what it is. Like, oh, kill five more, yeah. get another page, and I'll read that. There is a lot of really well-written stuff in there.
1: Yeah, they spent a lot of time on that game.
0: And the translation and, and all that, they made it really believable that these are, like, pieces of text that were, you know, kind of accumulated about these, about these creatures. And they go into, like, this is the genus, and this is the species, and all of that. I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I really hope that they do more with the Evil East games, although it doesn't seem like they're going to, since they'd rather whore out Final Fantasy VII more.
0: Because the guy's crazy. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> that, that was the guy. It was the
0: vagrant story of Final Fantasy Tactics guy. Yeah. Um, again, I forget his name, and that's not out of disrespect. I just don't remember your name, because it's Moonspeak. Yeah. But... Um, yeah. So, so did you play and beat this? Like you've, you've, you've done everything there is. To do I didn't this. do
1: all of the side quests. I didn't have the patience to level up my characters or to spend hours fighting some of the hidden bosses, but I went through and did all the storyline content that okay. I could. Yeah. So you didn't like go beat Zodiac
0: and do all the hunts and no. Asmat and all and all that. I don't know. if I don't intend to. I think by the time I get to that, all of the new stuff will be coming out. But it's been a fantastic summer project. Yeah. Because up until this point, I've just put like three hours a year into it. I'm glad you
1: finally sat down <laughs> and have gone through it.
0: I, I'm glad I have, too, because it's a great experience. But, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's all I've been playing. I'm so sorry to, to you, uh, dear listener, uh, who's listening to this in the car or on the treadmill or wherever you're listening to it. Uh, maybe while you're playing finals, final fantasy 12, who knows? Um, I'm sorry. That's been all I've talked about. I just can't bring myself to play anything else. I played a little bit of Deus Ex and that was cool, but not enough to really talk about it. And so
1: I hope to get that next week. I can't wait to dig into it.
0: I, I have friends who have said they really like it.
1: Yeah. So, um,
0: i just kind of want to go back and play the original one again though
1: i got them when they were on sale on steam over the summer and i have plans to go back to those too they have hd packs for them as well yeah but they're apparently very large files and very hard to install nice yeah uh
0: old old pc games not very friendly neither are modern pc games but you know how funny So we're going to do kind of a wild card segment here. I don't really have a name for it. This kind of popped up when I was doing research for a portrait of shame segment. Um, (laughs) (laughs) because last week, uh, this video came out that was a trailer for something called slavery, the game. Oh my god! Okay,
1: I don't know if I even want to see this now.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna show it to you. We're not gonna do like live on air reactions. But I'll just describe it for you. It was a trailer, and it had like a voice that was you know describing what was happening, and there was text, and there was flashing images, and it just like you know like like scarred like the the logo for the game was uh, like a like somebody like a like a getting whipped. Not not like not like getting whipped, but it was a, like it was a back with like like letters carved into it, like slavery of the game. Yeah, it was appalling. Oh it was the most monstrous thing I'd ever seen, and, it, and and it raised a large amount of controversy. Controversy, rightfully so. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, over here, just kind of like, is this a political statement? Is somebody making light of this, um, etc. And so I sat down, and I was ready to start doing a. Uh, uh, kind of a kind of a portrait of shame about it. Like, let's bring this, you know, segment out of retirement. It's been a little bit difficult for me to get angry enough about something to yeah. make it entertaining on the podcast. But I was like, you know, we can probably get a good like five minutes out of this. And uh I went back to look at the trailer again and there was a little box that popped up and said, You haven't seen the entire story, look at this. Yeah. It turns out that this thing was created as viral marketing for <laughs> For, it was it was for a um, uh, like a public television documentary about the history of slavery in yeah. um, in, in Amsterdam, whatever Holland and in, in, in Holland okay. because Holland you know the, the the Dutch they were so instrumental in, in a large mar- in a large amount of the of the you know the the slave trade yeah. and it, it's it's not as well covered like you know the history of slavery over there as it is over here rightfully so because it's you know it's it's a, it's a very dark part of our, you know, shared American history yeah. and, and it had the, you know, kind of one of the serious creators and then somebody, f- you know, from the, from the television station sitting down and saying, listen, the reaction that we got, you know, we, we did this for attention. Um, and they and they and they sat down and they were like really level headed and they were talking and they and they said we did this specifically to raise you know to to, to raise awareness about uh, about this issue and about our program and it was enlightening to see this but you know here's kind of the 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 the, the, the Dutch perspective there's a there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of you know venom that was coming out of American rifle again rightfully so yeah um but just you know he just just explaining you know, it was not covered in the public schools over here et cetera. Et cetera. but they never really addressed why they used a video game
1: as part of that marketing well video games are always the whipping boy for everything i guess guess.
0: (laughs) just just to get the to to get the uh the to get the attention right because oh just you know you can do anything and everything including you know owning people in video games why not um and, and and rightfully so but i never saw anything about this in the mainstream media i never saw like fox news Get on there, and well, I guess they would have liked that.
1: Fox News <laughs> did about Sim City just a few days ago. What they do? They were talking about the liberal agenda in saying that Sim City is trying to teach our children uh, <laughs> to to specifically go towards different forms of alternate energy sources, and by trying to teach children about solar energy and all these things. I, I don't. I, I saw the video, and I, I couldn't understand what they were talking about. And then they finally, at the end of the video, referenced SimCity and I was just completely dumbfounded that they're, they're saying SimCity is pushing the liberal agenda by informing children about this. I I can't play the game now as a 26-year-old. How can a child play the new SimCity games? They got so overly complicated past SimCity 3 that I just I couldn't make heads or tails of the darn things. Do they know that like Will Wright is a huge supporter of the Republican Party? Uh, clearly not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess. But no, I mean n- not against the man. He's a brilliant, um, he's a brilliant uh, game creator. Absolutely. But just uh, you know, it was back in the 2008 elections. They were uh, the, the the numbers were published because that 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 data needs to be made public. Um, you know, like in GamePolitics.com, they did a really yeah. great expose, like who gave what to what, and Will Wright was one of the notable people who donated to John McCain. Yeah. Um, and so it's just it's funny to see to see Fox News coming out against that because I don't see anything overtly political
1: about I, yeah. I mean it must have been a slow news day because that's the most ridiculous video that I ever watched. Yeah. Well, no. that that would be a stretch, but it definitely was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So so this didn't pop up in any kind of like mainstream where anybody would see it, but it did get a lot of traction. Every video game yeah. blog that I searched for like saw that. But one of the funny things is nobody printed a retraction. Like, nobody, nobody put up a follow-up story that said, um, hey, listen, this thing that, you know, we, we, we talked about, here's the rest of it. Um, joystick, for as much as I respect them. Nothing yeah. Kotaku, for as much as they exist. Didn't, <laughs> did, they, they didn't put anything up. Uh, so so that, that, was, that was weird to, yeah. to, to see that they didn't do it because that, you know, it definitely does put it in a different light. And Absolutely. I, was, I, I, had, I had half my rant written before I saw that. Yeah. I was like, well, I better go back and, like, get the specifics. It's kind of like oh well how many people are out there kind of living under the assumption that the slavery of the game is a thing <laughs> or they're like angry about it it's kind of like well yeah maybe, you know, maybe this needs to be publicized so anybody who's listening to this this is uh, the retraction for all of them <laughs> and hopefully we'll get the we'll get the credit for it but uh yeah video games they have been taking on kind of more serious social uh questions and conundrums and everything like that but nothing so uh grave or as um atrocious as making light of slavery just yeah. yet. thankfully Thankfully.
1: <laughs> we we don't need that bad press in the game no, industry we don't That was episode number 127
0: of Stand Under the Dome Tree and Real Me This, a podcast about video games, what you can do as homework. As usual, there's the iTunes reviews. If you've been listening for a while and haven't reviewed us, we would really appreciate that um, going in. Uh, one review can sustain me for about two weeks. That's uh, that that is entirely taken the place of my self esteem. So, really helps me out. But in general, if you don't feel like doing that, you can you know rate us, uh, give us you know whatever number of stars you think we deserve, and uh, tell your friends about us. If you would do us a favor, and if you if there's a really funny quote or something, and you could you could tweet that or make a face you know, Facebook update with a link to the episode, that would be great. Uh, word of mouth is really what sustains any podcast, uh, but particularly the small ones as well other things you can do you can follow us on twitter my uh my twitter handle is at cole ross that's cole with a k K k-o-l-e-r-o-s-s
1: and you andrew you're at gogo the mimic which is a reference to final fantasy VI. technically 5 but 6 works too because gogo is also in 6
0: is he i thought it was just the mimic class
1: that's his class. Okay. The character is just named GoGo.
0: Okay, I got gotcha, you.
1: I got gotcha. I don't tweet very much. It's usually just about beer. Hey, you know, well, this is delicious. So
0: I, I encourage everybody <laughs> to follow what you have to say about beer. This is, if this and the six pack that you gave me before was uh, was any. There's indication. another in my car. <laughs> so um, thank you so much, Andrew, for coming out and uh, doing this with us. A slight bit of, um, oh gosh, housekeeping for the network. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, the first episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is available for you to listen to. We have talked about Mega Man X and the newest um, episode, the one that we're going to be recording for the next fort- the next fortnight is going to be about Mist. actually. So if you want to play along and contribute on the Facebook page, we will read your comments aloud. And the best comment uh, voted on by us will uh, receive a, uh, a copy of the game that we're going to talk about for the next episode. So that is a way for us to encourage participation. So watch out for fireballs. It's a thing that I'm doing with Gary Butterfield from the Dead Idea Ball Hall of Podcast. It's a really funny thing. Go check him out. But uh, in general, just uh, tune in again next week and check us out at duckfeed.tv. But until next time, I am Cole Ross. And I'm Andrew Klinger. And thanks so much.